Minetro agora se irá flop off. Flop, pop, 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 pop. The new sound of Afro Paris. Hello, Banning Air with you on Afropop Worldwide from PRI Public Radio International. Georges Collinet is away, but we have a treat in store. We're taking you on a very special trip to Paris. Not just to the city of light, but to another Paris. This is the new Afro-Paris, a city of diasporas and migrations, unique sounds and stories, a French melting pot in which African music is being reshaped in a unique cultural blend. Today, Afropop producers Elodie Maillot and Alejandro Van Zant Escobar are our guides on this trip across Paris. We'll travel by metro, on foot, and by bike to check out sounds from Barbès to Strasbourg, Saint-Denis, from La Chapelle to the famous banlieue, the suburbs surrounding the city. Bobigny, Pablo Picasso. Terminus. Hello, Elodie. Hello, Alejandro. Welcome to my Paris. This special city where, as you will hear, there's a very unique mix between French and various African cultures. So you're a real Parisian, right? Yes, and I'm about to take you on a trip around my city for a show full of African music made in Paris this year. Great. Where are we heading? Well, as you know, Paris is divided in two by the river La Seine, which snakes through the city. We'll mostly be on the right bank of the river to the north and the east of the city. Looking forward to it. And what did we just hear? Well, that was Abdoulaye Traoré and Mohamed Diaby from the band Deba Demba with a song called Sanikoya. Abdoulaye is from Burkina Faso and Mohamed is from Ivory Coast and Mali. They both met in Paris and released this album last month. It's a blend of rhythm that don't really mix in the African continent. Bikutsi from Cameroon, Takamba from Mali, Julaba from Burkina Faso and Blues Rock, as you can hear. To me, hearing all those songs coming together is a great example of the magic of Paris, or as we call it here, the magic of Panam, a slang word for Paris and the name of Ayo's new track. From Best friend's place Ooh, I I'll always remember La Sena La Bastille When for the very first time People were listening to me I'll never forget The love and blessings I received That's why I could never Turn my back on you and Je suis 
Oh yeah, this song is about Panam. But it's a bit cheesy, isn't it? Yeah, maybe. It's actually a love song to Paris by Nigerian singer Ayo. Although she spends part of her time in New York City, she lived in Paris for many years, like other Nigerian artists, Keziah Jones or Tony Allen. We'll be meeting Tony, the great architect of Afrobeat, later on this show. Actually, there have been a lot of African musicians working in Paris since the 80s. Many of them came from former French colonies, as you might expect. Torikunda and Yusundur from Senegal, Alpha Blondie from Ivory Coast, Salif Keita from Mali or Khaled from Algeria. More than I can name, back then they were able to live between their home countries and Paris, traveling back and forth as they toured or record. But today it's a bit different because of visa issues and tightened borders. Now we have a new generation of artists, some born in France to immigrant parents and some who left their home countries to settle in Paris for good and have therefore been working with French musicians creating new styles of music. of this new borderless sound is that of Sofian Saidi. He was born in Algeria and moved to France in the early 90s, at a time when musicians in Algeria were being threatened and even killed by Islamist radicals who saw them as immoral due to their lyrics which dealt with taboos like alcohol or sex. à s'exiler, à, à s'échapper d'Algérie parce qu'on a commencé à assassiner les artistes. Et du coup, euh, moi, à cette époque-là, j'ai retrouvé plein de copains musiciens qui m'ont... This is Sofiane Saidi, reminiscing on his early years in Paris, at a time when many Algerian artists left for France after a series of politically motivated assassinations. That would include Khaled and Sheb Mami, Rai pioneers who Afropop first met in Paris in the early 90s. In 1992, Sofiane Saidi started singing in cabarets around the city, beginning work at midnight and earning 500 French francs or $70 a night, plus a quarter bottle of whiskey. Back then, he felt rich, even though he was working among prostitutes and pimps in a seedy and quite dangerous underworld. Maybe that's how it was for the old-school popular French singers back in the 1940s, just like the rise scene of the 90s in Paris. Aujourd'hui, j'ai du mal à imaginer Paris comme ça. Bine ou bine, kakaya twila, hadlila, kouliye shimha, 
كيفاش الدمعة ومين دلمعة تعرفيني وانا عارفك بيني وبينك حكاية طويلة هاد الليلة قولي يا شمعة كيفاش الدمعة ومين دلمعة تعرفيني وانا Est-ce que tu es français ou tu es algérien Souvent c'est une question qui m'agresse en général parce que je n'ai pas envie de décider et souvent je réponds je suis parisien. Alors. When people ask Sofiane whether he's Algerian or French, he answers, I'm Parisian. To him, Paris is a special place with a unique vibe, where you can be hanging out all evening, heading off at 2 a.m. to eat kebab around the corner, then off to a sketchy nightclub, listening to jazz until late, and ending the night eating some oysters in the Gare du Nord train station, or popping into an Arab-run corner shop to buy a flask of whiskey. That's the state of mind of a Parisian for Sofiane. You have to hang out and get to know the city. Spend time soaking it in. Sofiane has been living in France for nearly three decades. He had some crossover success through collaborations with Natasha Atlas and Senegalese Afro-hip-hop band Tukulur before launching his own career. Elodie met him as he was recording his new solo album in a studio in Strasbourg, Saint-Denis, in the heart of Paris. Just as in Sofiane's music, this is a cultural meeting place, a neighborhood where you can bump into Armenians, Greeks, Algerians, Tunisians, Turks, really anyone else, all on the same street. Sofiane Saidi's new album El Njum, out in January 2018, reflects on his evolving experience in the Paris milieu. Quand on arrive à Paris ou en France, on arrive avec un bagage, mais ce bagage-là, forcément, il se fusionne à un moment avec d'autres... Sofiane is saying, when one arrives in France, one has one's own identity, but that fuses with the other cultures around and becomes a Parisian identity. People's ears reflect that change. The musicians in the band that Sofiane is recording with now, Mazalda, grew up listening to tapes of Rai and other African music, and it's all become part of their French culture. When they hear Umu Sangare of Mali or Omar Suleiman of Syria, they're open to it. And when they hear quarter tones, it doesn't shock them. Whereas Sofiane says when he started out in France, he wouldn't dare play quarter tones because people would think he was singing out of tune. So this new generation is completely open to different ways of making music. Sofiane says, I never understood what world music meant, and he still doesn't. Ça c'est pas mal. 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 Ça c'est pas mal.
For decades, Paris has been a capital of what we've often called world music. This unique melting pot has shaped a generation of musicians, but also of producers, journalists, and activists who are pulled into the music business by their love for African cultures. Philippe Conrath was one of those. He created the Africolor Festival in 1989, bringing an audition mix of African music to the suburbs of Paris. This year's edition of the festival runs for six weeks with 40 different shows bringing together 19 nationalities and 120 artists in locations all around the city. Even if he's no longer the CEO of the festival, Philippe Conrath remains a key figure in Paris's African music scene. African music is a part of my culture, you know. Because you're French? Because I am French, because I like it. I learned a lot with uh, this musician since a very long time. I was working with Morikante at the beginning of uh, the 80s, and it's very special because uh, in my professional way and in my uh, human way, I was uh, growing with the people of the African continent. So it's very important for me to show how strong is uh, this music and how strong is this culture. And the festival is a festival of uh, meeting between all this public. So in 89, the African music was very, very strong in Paris. This is the time of uh, Alpha Blondie, Morikante, Johnny Clegg. And these three artists were into the top ten. Everybody talked about African music. It was also a sort of mode, you know, fashion. <laughs> and Paris was really the capital of African music at the end of the 80s. Very easy, just. you've heard on many records is legendary drummer and Afrobeat co-creator Tony Allen. He left his home in Nigeria in the 1980s after years of working with the great Fela Kuti. That is the place that accommodates all races, you know, which is very clever of them. 85, I decided to move from London to Paris. And 85, I've been here, you know, because there was really music was happening more here, you know, because different types of music, from especially from Africa. South African music was there, Central Africa, West Africa, all African music, all African music. Some Africans that I didn't even know before. People like Torikunda, all those people, I didn't know them from Nigeria, you know. I'm, uh, 
I, I discovered them here. Uh, I discovered people like uh, Salif Keita. I discovered Relema. You know, there's two great musicians, strong musicians. The man with the bango is here, was here, you know. All. And I came in here, I think I, I, I tried to touch all of them. African music is still here. The French culture, I think, has room for to manipulate with all this uh, extra, you know, because they cannot get stuck in the same thing all the time, you know. I think the French has room for that. That's why we are here. That's the type of place I would like to be because uh, I'm not a fashionable musician. I'm a fashionable artist. I'm just somebody that likes to create what I feel like. Surrounding me, there are a lot of um, good music around. I think it's even increasing more now today. Bridges is what I was dreaming of doing for a long time, you know, trying to come out of this style of Afrobeat strictly, right? like Fela, like the way I was coming from before. Everybody's doing it now, so it's okay. So, okay, now yeah, it's, it's okay for me to leave it and go and find another way, you know? So, um, to find another way means I have to create another movement, still music, you know? It's not, I don't want to classify it as a style because there's no style there. It's not a style, it's not a vogue. It's fashionable, no, no. My music is just for, you know, for awareness, you know, that's it, no name. I cannot put it in any style. I move with my mind, you know, where I don't want to repeat myself. I just want my music to just be talking by itself.
Yes, indeed. No name for all this music with strong African roots made in Paris. Just like this strike we heard, cruising from Tony Allen's latest album, The Source, recorded here with a local crew and released in 2017. A lot of artists here seem to be reluctant to use the term world music nowadays and are making music that they see as resisting having a particular format. No Format is actually the name of a Parisian label, which has released many interesting Afro-Parisian projects, including the collaboration between Cora player Balaka Sissoko and cello player Vincent Segal. You might have seen the duo touring the US. Yes, they played in New York this year. Balaka Sissoko is a very active Cora player here in Paris, and he's involved in lots of projects that push the borders of what we call African music. dans une tradition que j'ai beaucoup respectée, mais quand même, j'ai partagé aussi avec des... Balaké Sissoko is rooted in his Malian griot tradition, and he has great respect for that heritage. But he says he also loves to share and interact with other cultures. He doesn't want his music to be boxed in as African or Malian. He's proud of those identities, but they don't stop him from evolving. As Balake puts it, you can't keep your instrument locked up at home. You need to take it out and have give and take with other musicians. is also part of the trio 3MA, that's 3MA. This group's a collaboration between three great string musicians, Sissoko from Mali, Dries Almaloumi from Morocco, and Radzer from Madagascar. So that's 3MA, Mali, Madagascar, and Maroc, or Morocco. And they all met in Paris. L'idée d'être très simple, c'est de faire quelque chose qui sort un peu peut-être d'ordinaire, puisque que généralement, euh, quand on parle de la musique africaine, on parle de... As Dries Almaloumi explains, when people talk about African music, they often focus on percussion and rhythm, whereas three ma's sound is that of plucked strings, subtle sounds, sometimes too subtle for some, 
In their respective countries, these three were always considered as slightly unusual musicians, too modern for the purists and too traditional to be fully modern. africaine, musique africaine, mais moi je dis jamais ma musique c'est musique du monde. Et parce que la musique de chaque pays a un nom. Donc nous, nous on n'a pas peur aussi de montrer. That's Rod Zer, the third member of Three Ma. He's a virtuoso on the valley, the tubular harp from the highlands of Madagascar. For Rod Zer, Trima does play African music, but he never uses the term world music. Every country has its own sounds and styles, he says. If you go to Morocco, there's huge musical diversity, just as in Mali or Madagascar. And Trima is not afraid to show that diversity. Together, they're writing a new history by creating new sounds. an encounter between Mali, Madagascar, and Morocco from Afro-Paris. Coming up, a visit to Barbès to hear the Lama Orchestra and Alsara, also Blick Bassi, Midnight Ravers, and much more. Visit afropop.org for more on the music in this program. I'm Banning Air, sitting in for Georges Collinet, and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. in the noisy streets of Paris with Elodie in a very diverse working-class neighborhood in the north of the city. Yes, Alejandro, we're in Le 18e, probably the most African part of Paris, though only a few blocks away from where the famous movie Amélie Poulain was shot near Montmartre. But here you can find all sort of West African food, you can send money around the world, you can buy colorful wax fabrics in the shop of La Goutte d'Or. You can really feel how vibrant the African community is in this neighborhood. You can also find a lot of small record labels and music companies around here because, as you can imagine, the rent is quite cheap. It's an area with a lot of mixes. You can hear over 100 languages in the street around here. And today, this district continues to be an important place for the most recent immigrants arriving to Paris. In the past years, there have been many people arriving from Afghanistan, Syria, Sudan, and other countries, and a lot of them end up in this part of the city. Yes, there are many organizations working with the immigrant community here, and there are apparently over 2,000 non-profits in the 18e arrondissement. How about this place we're in front of? 
So this might just look like an unremarkable office building on the outside, but on the second floor there's a very interesting artistic center which just opened three months ago. And here, every week, Sudanese flute player Randy Adam rehearses with his very unique ensemble which is called the Lama Orchestra. They're preparing for their upcoming concert at the Africolor Festival. We are uh, in the real friends where there is no border. Everyone is equal, really equal. And this is what I dreamed to find in France here. I dreamed of this when I was somewhere in Sudan and I found it. This is the Atelier des Artistes en Exil. It's a workshop place for the artists in exile to find their way through the art to integrate the society in France, keeping their dignity. This is a point of it. As you can see here, you can see only artists. Who is without paper and who is with paper here? Can you just say and tell me? You can't, you see? That's why. Now we're having uh, the festival of Africolor Festival. It's the first time we're going to participate. And we have a special guest, uh, Al Sarra, coming from uh, New York. Continuing to have this uh, mixity through music, and these are the shortcuts to get to someone else. I am here in Paris for a performance with, for Africolor Festival. We are doing work to highlight the importance of needing specific frameworks for artists in exile and uh, refugees in general, but artists in exile specifically. France is really different than everywhere else I've been um, because the way it supports art. You know, somewhere between like an, an open market that's like a private market and a funded market. So it's very interesting because there is nurturing for artists through a system, but at the same time it's still extremely competitive. So you still have to do what you need to do. And um, France is an extremely cosmopolitan place, kind of like uh, like, the, like the U.S. in a way. It's a land made up of various immigrant groups, in my opinion, who all become French over the years. So to me, it seems natural that the music here has always had this like, um, uh, fusion is the natural tradition, <laughs> I think is a good way to put it. And I've always believed that as well, that traditions in general are, are naturally based on fusion. Musicians have always been ambassadors of culture in a way because they're the most open-minded in terms of listening to other people's stuff. And when you listen to somebody else, you automatically are giving them a lot of respect. 
And here, Al-Sara, did you have a chance to go out in Paris? Do you see any difference or any similarities with Brooklyn or with New York in some places in Paris, for instance? Well, I hang out in La Chapelle a lot. <laughs> and, you know, it first started out because I had one friend there and then I had a second friend and then like half of Sudan moved there. <laughs> so there's a lot of Sudanese people out there and there's also a lot of my friends, a lot of musicians out there. I love it. It feels like Brooklyn. It feels, a, yes, it feels a lot like Brooklyn. Just different people from different backgrounds, everybody speaking in a different language. There's a street for this, a street for that. And I love feeling like I'm in the middle of an, an immigrant city. And Paris is an immigrant city, and La Chapelle is the heart. <laughs> I've been coming to Paris, you know, for the, over the last two years fairly regularly, so I'm really getting to know it more and more, and it's it's magical. <laughs> it's yeah, you know, from the outside it looks really fancy and sterile and all like very structural and I don't know how to explain it. It looks much more formal from the outside than it really is on the inside. And hanging out in La Chapelle gave me that vibe. There's there's this like there's a real pulse, a real underground pulse in here that is hard to see from the outside. You have to really dig in to see it. And when you do, it's magical. Sara live with the Lama Orchestra during the Africolor Festival. That show took place in Bobigny, just five minutes north of Paris. It's a town in Seine-Saint-Denis, or if we go by the zip code as they do here, 93. Yes, 93, 93 is a suburb in the north of Paris as we call it, a banlieue. It is a very special place, probably one of the most diverse parts of France. And we have a chance to explore this as the Africolor Festival is taking place across the district. 
Yeah, it's great. A lot of people never leave the boundaries of the city and miss out on the richness of what the greater Paris, what they call here the Grand Paris, has to offer. So we're back on the metro now. Where are we heading, Elodie? This is not actually the metro, Alejandro, but the RER, a sort of suburban train networks which connects the suburb closest to Paris with the city center. And as you can see, it's Saturday evening, many people are commuting into and out of Paris, perhaps after shopping in the city or getting ready for a night out. You can smell African food that people are taking with them in boxes and bags. You can see some ladies wearing clothes made of colorful wax fabrics, generally here in the RER, in the RER, people have really cool the game, as we say, great outfits to go out with. So tonight we're going to the 93, to the 93 again, to René Soubois this time for a very interesting cross-gender musical creation. Yeah, a creation with a very diverse, very Parisian crew. We've got Irish French vibraphonist David Nierman meeting a classical choir called Sequenza 93 from the 93 alongside Crystal Warren, a soul singer from Kansas City, and Lancine Couillaté, a Malian griot who plays the balafon. This whole project actually started in a beautiful old French Cistercian Abbey built in the 12th century, a real national treasury, where David Nerman and Lancine Couillaté spent some time for an artistic residency as they've been performing and recording as a duo together for over 10 years. While playing in the Abbey, Lancine apparently started to hear voices resonating in the huge space and to hear his balafon in a very different way. But when you play in a chateau, Le son est complètement différent quand, quand tu joues. J'ai joué mon balafon, j'avais l'impression qu'il y avait trois balafons qui jouaient au fait, avec les coups derrière. Après, après j'ai dit David, attends un peu. On attend une minute et j'entends des voix derrière. Lancine actually says he was hearing three balafons playing at the same time. So that's what inspired them to bring in a choir and a gospel singer for this new creation. They actually named this project after the Abbey, Noirlac, which also means Black Lake. J'entends l'Afrique là-dedans quand même. So far away from you And peace 
is now descending At last do I feel Thing began. We had this artist residency uh, with Nancy uh, Quieté in this abbey. It's a, so this abbey is in the mid middle of the countryside. We had the, this huge key to the, the abbey. We could just go there day and night. The walls were echoing this kind of ghost choir, you know, like the uh, dead monks or something. Just the, the walls, you know. Uh, the whole idea was for it not to sound like world cuisine thing, you know, like uh, I'm going to take this uh, French fish and, and add some uh, and curry or some, I don't know, some spice from Africa and whatever. The idea was to get all these people together and actually make it um, sound like uh, it's, it's not African music, uh, soul music, classical music. Try, try to get the whole thing to like blend, melt together. Of just trying out something, you don't really have that luxury anymore. It's more like, well, yeah, 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 but uh, can you pay the 5,000 euro guarantee, you know, <laughs> before actually using the space? So I think that there's there's a unique quality to to what Africala does, and that they're not looking at necessarily the bottom line so much as we really want people to to hear this. Crystal Warren, a musician from Kansas City who's been based in Paris for several years now. Crystal performs with Cuyate, Nierman, and Sequenza 9-3 as Noir Lac. Okay, 
music is just a word and uh, what I was doing before at the beginning as a musician I grew up in Cameroon with a lot of rhythm music for me was like a challenge so I, ju- I wanted to show that yes I know this I can do this as well uh, I, I, I'm a rhythm lover and I can do different kind of rhythm I can do different kind of things but finally when I, I understood who I was understood that uh, the most beautiful things, important things was the emotion. And it was for me the most, uh, the unique language in the world because sometimes you can watch a dancer without any sound, without any music, and he can just really make you cry, you know. And when I understood that, emotion was my first language. I used to say that the first and the most important thing for artists is to start finding who he is. When you understand who you are, your life and everything completely change. Completely change because it's uh, the, the way to freedom. That's why we can still have a lot of artists with wonderful skills, but who don't have project because they don't know who they are. They are they're just trying to do as some other people. I used to take sometimes some example like Prince, Letet Brille from Cameroon or David Bowie because all those three artists are for me the artists who help me as well to understand I just have to be who I am. Blick Bassi, a Cameroonian singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist. We met him in the center of Paris, the Cinquième, or fifth arrondissement, a very fancy district near the Seine. He's here at a shared office financed by the city of Paris. And here, he's launching a new company to help African artists shape their image in the changing international music market. Blick's company, Wonderful, will provide consulting services to emerging artists trying to break out of world music cliches.
understanding who we are is particularly important for artists who, like Blake Bossy, have shifting and complex identities. These artists have one foot in Africa and the other in France. And this duality is literally the DNA of another interesting project, once again connecting France and Mali, this time with the help of the internet and mobile phones. This is the sound of Midnight Ravers, a unique band founded by Dom Peter, famous French drummer who played with the dub band High Tone. When Dom went to Bamako, Mali, he met cutting-edge Balinese show rappers MC Wadaba and Chacho, and other Malian artists, including Siddiqui Jabate, the phenomenally popular son of Cora Maestro Tumani Jabate. Dom also met Ngoni player Asaba Drame and Griot Fatim Kouyate, based in France. These artists are using the digital tools at their disposal to co-compose music between France and Mali. When they perform on stage, they also work with an illustrator, incorporating artwork and video projected drawings into the show. It's a complete multi-sensory transcontinental experience. C'est WhatsApp que moi-même j'utilise trop. Il m'envoie des instruments. Il me dit hey, les gars, il faut essayer ça, si ça peut marcher ou pas. Donc on fait un essai là-dedans. Si ça marche, on va le faire. Et si ça marche pas, on va dire bon, donc il faut modifier cette partie et cette partie-là. C'est incessant, moi, quasiment euh, tous les jours. Hein. Par WhatsApp, puis j'envoie un instru, après Meleki me fait écouter, ah, tiens j'ai une idée, ouais, je vais faire ça, tac, il enregistre sa voix en direct, tout ça. Genre. Ce qui m'a sidéré aussi, c'est la vitesse à laquelle ils sont appropriés les, les outils d'ordinateur, d'un soft et d'un contrôleur MIDI pour faire des, des instrus, une production de qualité. Et les mecs sont hyper forts quoi. That's Dom Peter and MC Waraba from Midnight Ravers explaining how they exchange music files between Lyon, France and Bamako via the mobile messaging application WhatsApp. Producer Dom was impressed by the way Molly's young artists work so fluidly with software and tools that they started using only a few years ago. Thanks to our producers Elodie and Alejandro for taking us around Paris on this show. We'll be checking back with you guys down the road. And a big thanks to the Africolor Festival for their fantastic live music. Let's go out with one more recording from the Africolor concerts. This is Franco-Syrian flautist Naisam Jalal featuring Mauritanian griot Noura Mint Semali in Noisy Le Sec. Au revoir. Oh, 
خرقت شمس ولا Funding for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Humanities, the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art, and PRI Public Radio International affiliate stations around the U.S. And thank you for supporting your public radio station. Visit Afropop.org for a playlist of the music you heard on this show and more. You can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions. Research and production for this program by Elodie Mayo and Alejandro Vanzant Escobar. And be sure to subscribe to our Afropop Close-Up podcast series. Season 2 is underway now. And join us next week for another edition of Afropop Worldwide. Our chief audio engineer and co-producer is Michael Jones. This episode was mixed by Stephanie LeBeau. Cece Smith and I edit our website, afropop.org. Our director of new media is Akorna Achea, and I'm Banning Air. PRI Public Radio International